Hey everybody, happy Miracle Monday. Pray your day is going well. Welcome to Radiant 17. So glad to be before you again. I was just pondering and thinking about the old saying that says, everything that glitter is not gold. Old folks used to say that back in the day. And you'd be like, what do you mean? Everything that glitters is not gold. You know, or or there's an old song that says smiling faces tell lies, you know. And so there's this sense of something given the appearance of being good, but then the true intent is hidden. And if you cannot be, if you cannot discern it or you don't know a little bit deeper the person whom you're encountering, then what you're basing your judgment on is what you see, what is what is being um, displayed. And so a lot of things appear good, even like looking at cars, you go. And I heard a friend years ago said to me that when people are selling used cars from these mom and pop places, sometimes not every, not all places, but that to make the engine run quiet, they would put diesel diesel gas in a car and the diesel gas in a regular gasoline car would make it run really smooth and quiet. But it, and, and, the, and, the, and the intent of it was to hide any problems so that they can sell this car. So the appearance of this car, that it runs good, and that the nice, shiny, clean-out body that looks nice, but really the person is getting a lemon. That's not right. That's bad business. And I was thinking about that. And I was thinking of a time I was in prayer. The Lord said to me early on in my walk, he said, when I was in prayer one time, I was praying and the Lord said, stop, I want you to listen. And as I was listening, I could hear the people praying in tongues. I could hear people praying in English or, you know, or praying the scriptures. And the Lord said to me, what you hear sounds good. It would give the appearance that that is reaching heaven. But he said to me, if your heart is not right, that will go no further than the roof of your mouth. And he said to me, make sure that your heart, when you come to me, is right. And I believe it wasn't just coming to God or coming before him with a pure heart, but it, that, that, that the scripture says that I want you to have a pure heart, even with your brother. The Bible says, do good to all men, especially the household of faith. So I believe in that scripture there, there's a purity there that your agenda or how you're what your dealings are with a person needs to always be pure. That's why Jesus said, if somebody hurt you or do you wrong, you bless them. You pray for them. You don't return evil for evil, but you always return good even when evil is shot back at you. And I know sometimes in some cases, it's really hard to do that because your flesh really wants to let them have it. But I understand something, your flesh is weak and does not have the ability in its own strength to do that. Your spirit is always willing to answer the call, to do what the Lord is saying. And so there's this tension in us as humans to, to do what we should do. And that's why Paul said, you know, the things that I should do, I don't. And the things that I shouldn't do, I do. He was describing a tension in the flesh 
and in the spirit that was happening in a person's life. That the Bible says that the, 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 there is a warring between the spirit and the flesh for supremacy in a person. Well, I'll tell you, as you fall in love with Jesus and, and, and as you give your heart to him, the, the stronger your spirit will be. And that means you're falling out of love with the things of the flesh. But if you're feeding the things of the flesh, then the flesh is going to be stronger. And there determines who has the influence over your decision making or your ability to discern or understand what's happening in front of you. A lot of times we want to judge the content of a story based on the facts that are presented. But where's your plumb line of truth that would be able to help you or aid you in seeing the story that is presented for in front of you to see clearly the truth? You know, the facts that could be presented could appear to have truth in it, but it's fabricated. But if you don't have a keen eye, you don't know what to look for. Like a CSI person, when they're looking at a crime scene, they've been trained with such a skill to look for any fabrications, to look for anybody trying to pull the wool or trying to make this person appear to have committed suicide or this person to have done this, but really hasn't. And the evidence won't lie. Now, you may say, well, there are people that have been falsely accused. And then I'll tell you even that, that they may have been falsely accused in this time frame. But then a few years down the road, a new technology will come that will allow them to see even deeper. And then they'll find out that what they thought was the truth was not because based on this new technology, it shows that this person who's been falsely accused and maybe in prison is now he can go free because he didn't do it. Well, let me tell you something. That's the natural. The spirit has the ability to know pre past, present, and future. It is all knowing. It's not waiting for an upgrade to know what it's supposed to know. It knows in that moment whether that which is being presented is not right. I was looking at the story in the Bible, and I know many of you have read this story where Jesus is hungry and he encounters this fig tree. And I've read this story and just, you know, you read it and you keep going. And it's amazing how in some accounts of it, Jesus curses the tree and the tree withers away. And when the disciples see it, they're like, they're marveling at man. Jesus spoke to the tree and he tells them, yeah, you can do the same thing. But I think in this account of the story, there was a different meaning here. So, in Mark 11, verse 13, Jesus sees at a distance a fig tree that had leaves. And when he went on it, he went with the intention to find figs. But the scripture says, for it was not the season for figs. Now, can you imagine coming across, we're in the spring right now, and we know that Peaches are a summer fruit. And so we know that if we come across a peach tree that has leaves and you're looking at that tree and you're like, wow, there's some nice leaves. And I know that's a peach tree and I'm going over to see if there's fruit. And you know that fruit doesn't bear or doesn't come forth until when? The summer. 
because peaches are summer fruit. And so you go to that tree and you're hungry and you look and you say, man, there is no fruit on this, but there's leaves. Now, some of us might be mad <laughs> and be like, man, I sure was hungry. But Jesus encountered this fig tree and he found no fruit. For it is not the season. Now, the question I ask you, is that peach tree that you encounter that is not time for it to bear fruit yet, but it has leaves on it and it looks healthy. Would you deem that a bad tree? Or would you just say, or would you say, oh, this is a good tree. It's just not the good. It's not the right time. It's not the season yet. And keep and keep it pushing. Well, Jesus says to it, no one will ever eat the fruit from you again. And his disciples heard this. Can you imagine standing there at a fig tree and they are acquainted with the season in which figs come into, uh, into fruition and they're looking at it and they're seeing Jesus tell this fig tree, you know, speak to the fig tree in, their, in, their, uh, in the presence of them and say, no one will eat the fruit of it. Now you would think that because there was no fruit that Jesus may have gotten mad because he was hungry and he cursed the tree. Now, we must understand that even though he was fully man, he was fully God. And everything he walked and did, he did upright. He moved from the place of righteousness. So we know that even in his humanity, even if there was a temptation to be angry and to curse something in that space, Jesus did not do it from that premise. So we know that anything he did was very intentional and it was something for us to see. And as we looked at the fig tree, the fig tree was a representation of Israel and a lot of uh, symbolism there. And because the state of Israel in that moment in scripture, that it started out good and the tree appeared to be healthy. But Jesus understood that the fruit of it was not good. It was not going to be a good tree to eat from. Why? Because we see in scripture that Jesus argued back and forth with the Pharisees and the Sadducees over religion. They carried a very religious spirit and they adhere to the philosophies and the worldly wisdom and the rudiments elements of this world. And so a lot of what they put upon the people was very, uh, very earthly, very demonic, as the book of James says. Let's go to the book of James. James says this about earthly wisdom. It says this, it says that superficial wisdom is not that which comes from above, but earthly, secular, natural, even demonic. And that the intention of this wisdom is jealousy, selfish ambition. It causes a disorder, like an unrest or a rebellion. And every evil thing morally degrading in its practice. So in in applying worldly wisdom, there's a there's a morally degrading practice that is that is laced in it. So it may appear to sound good. It may appear to feel good. But we don't walk by feelings. We walk by what? Faith. For the Bible says, for we walk by, we don't walk by sight, but we walk by faith. Why? Because your senses can be deceived. 
Faith reaches out in the spirit. Faith is I'm trusting that this is good, but I'm also following the lead of the spirit. If the spirit says this is not good, the whole and the spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit says this is not good, then I will not partake. Why? Because I know that the Holy Spirit is righteous. It's true. And it speaks the will of the father. And I know that my father in heaven is righteous. The very throne that he sits upon is righteous. So everything that comes out of his mouth, everything that proceeded out of the mouth of God has life. Even Jesus, as he spoke, the Bible says his words are spirit and life. It's a life giving um, person continuously giving life. So how can evil come from there? No bad tree can bear good fruit. And no good tree can bear bad fruit. And our father in heaven who is righteous does not bear any bad fruit. The Bible says the testimony of his fruit that says, taste and see that the Lord is good. How can the Lord fruit be on display for people to taste? They are tasted in our lives. The Bible says that, that know them that labor among you. How do we know them? We know them through the fruit that they bear. So can we judge it based on what they're bearing? Or is there a deeper discernment that we need to know? Because some people would say, well, that person has done good things. Or let's use for relationships, for example. A lot of uh, people get ensnared by things due to people appearing to be good. Appearing to have good intentions. And so in a relationship, you could tell a friend, hey, I don't think what was done by this guy was good. How can you say that? Bad people don't do good things. Well, if you're judging based on what appears to be good, the works, that's not enough. You need to be able to see the intent of the heart. The enemy doesn't come off as as the devil with pitchfork and and monstrous and ugly looking because if you saw it that way, you wouldn't be fooled. But the Bible says he comes as an angel of light. He comes with the with the uh, purpose to deceive. He comes with the purpose to... Uh, to cause you to be ensnared by something that you can't see because he knows that maybe that's a, a blind spot for you. That's an area of weakness. Your discernment is not sharp there. And a lot of people get ensnared, men and women, whether it's in business, whether it's in relationships, every walk of life, no one is uh, exempt to this except that you was walking with the spirit and said that you would be abiding in the one who is truth. Without him, you cannot discern properly what is, what is good. Because every day we see things that appear to be good and they're not. Even they tell you in psychology, be careful. You can look at something from across the street and what appears to be a fight or a disagreement. And if you judge based on where you're standing from your viewpoint, your vantage point, you could run and go tell your friends, I saw so-and-so and so-and-so over there arguing and fighting. But all actuality, they were not fighting. They were not in a disagreement. They were just enjoying one another in a very, um, very uh, active conversation that appeared by what you saw to be bad. But really, in its true nature, it wasn't. It was good. So wor worldly, uh, worldly wisdom is demonic. But God's wisdom in the book of James in the third chapter says that, but the wisdom from above is pure. 
morally and spiritually undefiled, then peaceful and loving, gentle, reasonable, full of compassion, good fruit. It's unwavering without hypocrisy and the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. That's wisdom from above. It's good fruit. You can tell that God is good when something comes from above. But when it is earthly, it is demonic. And so it has the appearance to taste good. But it really, there's something rotten. There's something bad in it. It's like, it's like a tree that's being, that was planted and it grows up and it's supposed to bear fruit. But the people that were stewarding it or taking care of it or cultivating it use harmful pesticides. That's what the enemy does. He uses these harmful pesticides that you don't know that's in the soil. So the tree appears to be helpful. Trees appears to be healthy based on the leaves. But you don't know that he used these harmful pesticides that are going in to what? The roots. And the roots are taking the nutrients from the ground and they're bringing it in the fruit. There are a lot of places that are preaching the gospel and the gospel is tainted. It has mixture. It has a mixture of worldly wisdom with truth. And you cannot discern it because it appears to be nice. It appears to sound like God, but it isn't God. Even your own theology to help comfort you in any given situation can appear to sound like something God would say, but it has no life in it. It has no attributes of God in it because true fruit from God is spirit and life. When you bite into it, you feel the life of God being released into you and empowering you to have faith and hope, even changing your paradigm. But when you bite of something that is tainted, that has mixture, it has no ability to give you nothing but the lie. And you won't see it right away, but as time goes on, you'll find out that which is a lie will be, uh, will be discovered. But by that time, it has already done its damage. And by that time, some people are disappointed in God because they didn't discern properly. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4, it says, try the spirit and see if that is from God. It says that when you hear the word being preached, when you read something or somebody's being saying something to you, discern whether that's from God. Discern whether there's life in that, the life of God in it. Don't just receive stuff. Don't just look at it and say, oh, it looks good because appearance can be deceiving. Just like this tree. And Jesus was talking about Israel at that time. He was saying because they choose to adhere to their philosophy, to their, to their man-made doctrine, they have made my word of none effect. Therefore, the figs or the fruit that would come from that tree is no good for anybody to eat. No, no one can eat from this. Why? Because as they eat, they will come up under the lies. Have you been in places that have said certain things about the word of God and then had to go through a deliverance or of some kind where that lie that you were ensnared had to be undone and truth had to be administered. We have to be aware. 
just because that person is behind the pulpit doesn't mean they truly represent the one who we need to see. I believe we that teach the word, we that are disciples of Christ, our job is to always point people to the one who people need to meet. And I believe that everything that we are given to do to represent, let that fruit be true fruit that people can say, man, your God is good. Your God is great. Let it not be said that the acts or the things that you're doing would misrepresent the one who loves you. I love what a, a worship leader said. She said, I've fallen in love with Jesus so much that I would not want to do anything that would hurt my Jesus. She's gotten to this place that she's looking at the very way that she carries on in her life, the things that are coming out of her mouth. She's stewarding what God has given her. And she says, I don't want to appear to look good on stage. I don't want to appear to sound good on stage. I want the goodness of God to be in me, body, soul, and spirit. I want people to see the anointing on me and say, wow, I know God is on this one because I can sense the presence. I can sense her, she hosts something special. I can see that there's a relationship. And out of that relationship, life comes forth. My friends, I just want to encourage you today. There are a lot of things that are coming in the seasons coming and they're coming with the intent to deceive. They're coming with the with the appearance to appeal to you to the senses, to give you a sense that it smells good or it feels good or it sounds good. But you if you don't have the discernment of the Lord, if you don't have the plumb line of him in you abiding constantly, then that which appears to be good will fool you and you will partake and be ensnared. Let us be a people that truly have clean hands and a pure heart. Let us be a people that steward well what God has given us. Let us be a people that truly lean in and move and breathe in Christ Jesus and move in the wisdom that is from above. Help us to be able to discern that which is false and that which is true. I remember in closing, an old, uh, a good prayer friend of mine used to say, you should know what's, you should be able to discern what's God, what's flesh, and what's the devil. You should be able to discern that. And that was a prayer that I constantly prayed over and over and over as a young believer, just praying that type of prayer. Because I wanted to know if this is my Lord and I want to follow it. If it's my flesh and I want to tell my flesh to be quiet. And if it's the enemy, I'm not following you because a sheep does not follow the stranger. He follows the true shepherd. Now, the only way you would actually follow the stranger or the stranger would deceive you is that you are not spending time in the word. You're not spending time with the one who you're in relationship with and you don't hear or know his voice. Can you imagine being in a relationship with somebody, but you don't know them so that when things happen, you can't really say, is that really you? Would you really do that? 
Well, if you were in relationship with them, you would know their attributes. You would know their character and you would be able to say, no, that's not true about them. So I'm inviting you right now. Lean in. If you've been ensnared by things that are not true, if you've been hurt by something that was false and you put your hope in it and because you put your hope in what you thought was good. I just I, I, I applore you. I I beseech you that you would let that go and know that hoping God never disappoints. When you put it in the one who is life, he will never disappoint you. He will never hurt you. The very intent of his heart is love for you. He says that in John, 1 John 4, he says, little children, remember you are of me for I am love. And everything I do is from love. The reason why I gave my son was because of love. That's not the heart of the enemy and that's not the heart of the flesh. The heart of the enemy and the heart of the flesh is self-serving and it can deceive you if you don't have discernment. Bless you, dear one. I hope this um, encourages you. I hope it opens the eyes of your understanding that you would be enlightened, that you would know what the hope of God's calling is, that you would know what's flesh, what's God and what's the enemy. And I pray that, that the revelation of who Jesus is in scripture, that anything that's being presented, that that's what you'll see as you hear a prophetic word or hear a word being preached or watching somebody on TV, that you would see Jesus in what they're saying because their heart intent is to speak about the one who the scriptures speak about. Bless you, dear one. I love you guys. I want to hear from you. You can reach me at my Gmail account at uh, radiantprayerhouse17 at gmail.com. I encourage you. Just want to hear feedback from you. What's going on? How are you doing? Or just how this has blessed you. May the Lord bless you and keep you in all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen.